Well, hello there, Weege. Welcome to the Glorious Podcast. How the hell are you? <laughs> I am fine. How are you, Trixie? I am very well. And we are going to whip through last weekend's races because honestly, we got a lot of new stuff to talk about too. Last So much news. Last week's races are old news, as is Kentucky Downs, who has now <laughs> finished its super fat meet. And we actually do have some follow-up to talk about in our little newsy section about Kentucky Downs, but let's talk about the races that we said we would cover. Now, the ones that we said we would cover are the Calumet Turf Cup, which we're just going to talk about in a minute because that turned out to be race nine. And then Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf, which was race number seven. Those were our Saturday races. So What's a little interesting, because Kentucky Downs is such a rich meet, these are G2 and G3 races, but the G3 race had a purse of 750 k That was the ladies' turf. And the Calumet Turf Cup, G2, had a purse of a million. I mean, these are huge mm-hmm. for, for the lower-graded stakes. Usually yeah. you're thinking G1. So that just tells you how much money was jammed into that meet over $15 million. So Mm -hmm. we're going to, as I say, whip through these. It's old news. Uh, If you'd like to know what makes Kentucky Downs unique, because it's a strange shape, it's got uphills and downhills, it's all turf, it's the only European style. unpredictable. Oh my God. There's no, there's like no clear way to handicap. And even... There, I was reading a thing. The gentleman, there was a gentleman who he used to set the morning line odds for Kentucky Downs, uh-huh. and he he still comes back to study it because it's just not clear what makes a winner. Yeah. See, that's interesting. I was going to um, point also back to last week's podcast where we sort of talked through some of the unique qualities in more detail, and we linked to an article that a guy from Twin Spires wrote about you know, sort of covering all of the details about the course and who have been winners there and who haven't won there. But yeah, it's its own odd, strange, little animal sitting like a unicorn fart in the middle of the season. It's true. It is its own unique thingamajig. Totally, totally. You can't even name it because it's a thingamajig. It totally is a thingamajig. So anyway, for race seven, um, you know, and we were handicapping as best we could, but I ended up going with uh, Princess Grace. Princess Grace was oh, the favorite. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, she had just won. She, Yeah, she was the favorite. Um, and I saw what everyone else saw. I saw that she had a combination of speed. She had had some recent wins. She looked, um, she'd been racing like twice in the last month. So they'd kind of warmed her back up and I thought, yeah, okay. And this was for, um, what was it? Three-year-olds and up. And she was one of the, there were no three-year-olds in this race again. We had no three-year-olds. We yeah. had two four-year-olds. She was one of the four-year-olds. She's a filly. And then we had a bunch of five-year-old mares in the race. So yeah, speaking of farts. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, it's, we just end up with, uh, you know, this interesting thing and it is. Str- That's all right. I'm one too. It's strange. <laughs> Yeah, she is a farting mare. It's it's on her t-shirt. Yep. She's got a t-shirt that says that. But <laughs> it's um 
it's just, I think this strange season, you know what I mean? And you just don't end up with what you think you're going to end up with. So anyway, I bet Princess Grace, um, among a couple others that I hoped would show up in the money that had longer odds. Um, actually, I liked the S horses. I liked She's on the Warpath Summer in Saratoga and Shifty She. And they Ooh. they didn't really do anything for me. Uh, I think Summer in Saratoga came in, no, Shifty She came in fourth. Um, mm. But second behind Princess Grace was Dalika from Germany and then Abscond, who was the other four-year-old. So the younger ones came in uh, earlier and Princess uh, Grace cleared out with $446,000. It was a nice race, but she won quite handily, proving why she was the favorite. So that's uh-huh. race seven for you in the books. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I saw Princess Grace at Del Mar and she rocked hard. I think she was a big surprise. So, but not this time. No, obviously. not this time. And this was a mile on the turf. And it's, um, you know, that ends up being on this course, a long race. I really did have the impression because this course does have that uphill and downhill slant to mm-hmm. it, that the long race is like, I remember I was watching a race of one and five sixteenths miles and I thought, oh my God, that is the longest damn race. <laughs> it was like, you just really can feel the effort that it takes to deal with those um, grades up and down. Uh-huh. And it just, it really is, it's crazy. But anyway, you were going to talk about the, uh, I, the I couldn't race. even stay on. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to stay on for like three seconds. No, I'm no. Like you, you hit like some little patch. I'm like out of there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was the, um, the Calumet and it is a mile and a half on the turf and it's for three-year-olds and up. And, um, it was actually, there, I think there were 16 horses slated and it ended up to be 12. Um, the favorite did not win. And that's good for me because I did not pick the favorite. And it wasn't on purpose because I was very close to picking them. And then I was like, I don't know. I felt like, okay, Imperador just was staring me in the face. Just, I just felt like, you know... I felt like the American horses just would not weigh in on a turf race like this because it is so It is odd, long. yeah. Yeah, it's oddly shaped, weird grades, and then it's- And it's long know, just, for This them. one's long. Yeah. So my feeling was you need a horse from someplace else with some, you know, some guts. And with, and so with some lineage to those long races, like National yeah. Hunt, those races are long. Yeah, so I went with Imperador. Um, Arclo, I felt, was very strong, and and they were the favorite, but I guess they had a rough ride. I didn't see where they got um, kind of bumped and whatnot, but they did, and I think they had a hard time getting out of the pack. It was really jammed. I mean, that pack was tight. So um, anyway, so yeah, the horses that I thought might have had a shot actually came in last, because I was like, oh yeah, tidy to see, I love my boy Luis, and then Me too. Fire Hurricane, Mr. Pratt, they came in last. I thought tidy to see was going to do better. I liked it, and as I uh-huh. recall, Mystery Handicapper, I think, also liked it, I could be wrong. Yeah, anyway, it I, was weird. I liked it, and it didn't go anywhere. Uh, I did bet Arclo uh, as the favorite, but just to come into the money because I was okay. feeling a little burned by that, See, by that yeah. point. And so that was actually, that turned out to be a much better move for me because I did make out a little bit by, by not betting him to win. 
Yeah, I had some combo platters going during that race, some superfectas and whatnot, and they all got blown out. But I had a pick three. And so Imperador, thank you, Imperador, was the beginning of my pick three bonanza. And my bonanza, you know, it, it lit the fuse. And then the next race came along and we kept it rolling. And then the last race, I don't need to get into all, the, all those damn horses, <sighs> but the third race, it blew out. And I was like, oh, mother of God. I know. But you know what? It was nice to come that close. I, I didn't even know I could do that. So two out of three ain't bad, as they say. No, and it's exciting. And I mean, it is it was damn really exciting. I was I was super jacked up. I was like, oh, come on, baby. This is the first time I ever yelled at the TV. I have never yelled at the TV before. So the TV, the TV didn't do nothing to me, but I did yell at the TV because I wanted it so badly. And generally speaking, I'm one of those weirdos who stares at the TV and doesn't really react because I'm analyzing what I'm seeing. And I try to maintain a little disconnection just so I can see what's happening. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, I was pretty attached to the results. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I, well, I was betting a pick three that was sort of moving along nicely. And, oh, it was thrilling and exciting. And and when it, it crashed, it was, it was tragic. Another horse I want to throw in there in the race nine did not come in, but I had a fond feeling for Channel Cat. Uh-huh. And- I don't know. That lineage is good. I know. That's why. I like that you horse. Know, so you, and, you know, you sort of wonder, but then it's like, well, these horses are older, so they're, they should be a little more demonstrated. But I still felt like, you know, the horses from other countries have some advantages. And I don't think, I think Channel Cat's from here, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, the sire is English Channel, so he, uh, originally a, you know, a European horse. But, yeah. But definitely from here, Kentucky, uh, bred Kentucky. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked Glynn County, and I, sh you know, I should have obviously because they came in third, so they, they showed. I didn't think they would do anything just because I thought, well, it's hard to recreate winning results a couple times, especially under these conditions. So I wasn't really counting on it. But you know what? It it's a turf horse, and you know, it's it's made for this job. So it's you know, yeah, and you know what? I wasn't even, I was not really connecting with it from the Mister D stakes that we'd seen uh, it in the Mr. D stakes. I kind of was just like, whatever, not paying attention. Right. Um, but I, you know, who am I kidding? I was not going to bet that horse. I just wasn't. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't I just, feel it. So yeah. that, that's it. I think I, I didn't bet it because it burned me because it won and I lost. And I think that's <laughs> part of why I didn't want it. It's like, you know, you can burn me in any number of ways and I will want, I will want you to be no longer. So there you go. <laughs> so that is what happened at Kentucky Downs. And now that strange, that strange little interlude is over. Um, I wonder, Weege, would you mind if I just throw in my little uh, Keeneland note that ties to Kentucky Downs just before we leave yeah. Kentucky forever? So this was kind of interesting. Keeneland, as um, some of you probably know, is where they do a lot of the premier thoroughbred auctions in the United States, which means it's they're going to present the horses, especially the yearlings, for auction. And those yearling auctions from thir September 13th to the 24th, they started today. So they are auctioning thoroughbred yearlings, and people will 
um, acquire them and train them and get them ready for racing. And so one of the things that they did, because Keeneland is also located in Kentucky, is they're um, making an arrangement where they're going to have a $250,000 allowance race for two-year-old fillies and another one for two-year-old colts and geldings that will just be for horses that are going through the sales ring right now. So if they were either purchased at Keeneland or maybe they didn't hit their reserve, but they still went through the process at Keeneland, they will be eligible for those allowance events. So that means um, what they say their their kind of purposes is not only to uh, promote Kentucky racing and Kentucky uh, kind of Kentucky breeding, but also if you maybe acquire a horse that's like a little cheaper horse, but you know that you have the possibility to get it into one of these fat Kentucky Downs races later, maybe that's an inducement to kind of get in with that horse because you realize mm. you can actually put it in a fat race because as we've talked about on uh, multiple other podcasts, it's not just the winner that gets it all. There's winning down to the sixth place. So mm -hmm. if you're in a fat enough race, it can be lucrative beyond the cost of the horse of a, of a moderately priced horse. If you win or even just show up, at all, mm -hmm. like in the top yeah. six of these fat races. So, uh, oh, I wanted to say the um, to put the two hundred fifty thousand dollar purse in perspective, an entry level allowance race for two year olds at the twenty twenty one meet at Kentucky Downs carries a purse of one hundred and forty five thousand. $800. Okay, that's a good start. And half of that comes from the Kentucky Thoroughbred Development Fund. So what they're going to do is they're doing a $250,000 race, but they're not taking any money from the Kentucky Thoroughbred Development Fund because um, they will have international horses at Keeneland as well in those auctions. So if you go through Keeneland, even if you're an international horse, if you get auctioned out of the Keeneland auction, then you could be eligible for this allowance race. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, which I thought was interesting. Oh, this is just a little sum up. Uh, I'll put a link to this press release in the show notes. We'll make sure that we have it there so you can look at it if you're interested. Anyway, uh, at last September's sale, a total of 2,481 yearlings were sold. Oh my goodness. For a collective $248 million, uh -huh. 978000 They almost made $250 million. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, any of these people who want to cry about how much it costs to take care of a horse, sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. You look, at these, you look at these numbers. The sales topper fetched $2 million for the yearling. The average price was 100000 The median was 37,000. So the the ones on the really high end will drive your average price up because you get a few of those super high sales and it makes the average look higher. But when they tell you the median is 37,000, that means half of them sold below that number. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of very moderately priced horses in there. So you get yourself a 
you know, awesome $15,000 yearling, get them in a $250,000 purse race. If they show up in the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. you know, you're making what it costs you to buy them. Of course, not to take care of them because horses like boats are a bankruptcy starter kits. They are, they right. are definitely, they are, they are definitely. expensive to have. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was really interesting. But there's money to be made, obviously. Oh, obviously. Yes, there's definitely yes. money to be made. Um, and nobody has ever, uh, I mean, I shouldn't, and people don't usually award like most beautiful boat. I mean, there are boat races, but I don't know. There are a lot more horse races than there are boat races. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll, we'll make sure that's in the show notes, but that was just a little like newsy update to go with the end of Kentucky Downs. And I know Weege has been busy like a freaking chipper beaver <laughs> digging up information and she's got some exciting stuff that's like starting within the next week. It's crazy. It's crazy. There is, there's a lot going on. So one thing I wanted to mention, and I think this is great, but there were record handles at Kentucky Downs. Mm. So the amount of money flowing through there was at record levels. And that's great for the sport. That means people, you know, are interested. They're going there, they're betting, they're getting in on online action, which I think is wonderful. And it really is, you know, I mean, we always have our questions about, you know, can the sport survive because it is in such an interesting place, but seeing, seeing the record handles going on, which the handles are just, you know, the amount of money that's flying through the place on all the bets. Um, the amount of money being handled is, you know, it's, there's a lot of it. So I just want to say, I'm glad that the sport is rocking on. I, yeah, I'm very glad. And I'm glad to see that they are putting some of the money that's coming in into good purses, good promotional activities. There's a lot of stuff in terms of uh, reform. We won't be talking so much about that today, but there are a lot of reform activities that are going to be expensive for the sport. And so I'm hoping that with handles coming in big, there'll be a little less of crying poor at some of the things that really ought to be done. <laughs> to make yeah, it better. exactly. I know that's, that's kind of where my eye is. And part of it is because I was researching some, uh, some fugitive type things. So the sport does not lack intrigue. We will cover that in another podcast, maybe even a couple, but I'll tell you, there are characters all over the place, good and bad and interesting stories to be found everywhere. But let's get back to the matter at hand, which is on uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Um, they released the Churchill Downs Road to the Kentucky Derby schedule. Da, 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 da. And, da, da. and I did not know that that came out. I mean, I figured that there had to be some type of structure for how everything was arranged in terms of qualifying for the Kentucky Derby, but I really didn't know how it worked. And it just Me dropped neither. on us like from Twitter. <laughs> Of all places, I was out on Twitter stalking the way I do, and suddenly there I am finding this, and I'm so excited because now we have the structure and the explanation as to how horses qualify for the Kentucky Derby, because as we know, 
not every horse can just come off the street and decide they want to be in the Kentucky Derby. You no. Know, get to. Your pants might not be right. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And and we knew that there were points involved. Like that's kind of, that stuff gets talked about a lot. We knew there were points races and that there were some that were worth more points. And we knew at the end of the season going into the Kentucky Derby, like, I think I remember specifically like the Louisiana Derby was like a right. really high points race. And or the, and the Arkansas. Arab Emirates. Yeah. And the, yeah. the Arkansas Derby, I think, where basically if all you did was win that one race, you would almost yeah. have enough points to get in. And then there are other Derby races that have many fewer points. But we, you know, didn't know anything else. But now with this press release, it's got all the details which is yep. fan-friggin-tastic. Yeah, so it has the races that are used for qualifying for the Derby and the Oaks, which, you know, are, are the big races. And then there are also the rules. <laughs> Would you like to talk about the rules? Well, I think we could, we could talk about uh, some very interesting uh, placement. It's sort of like you, if somebody set a table and then they put a giant, maybe a shrimp cocktail tower in the middle of the table. You'd say, hey, shrimp cocktail is probably a pretty important part of this, you know, whole thing we're doing. Maybe it's a seafood holiday or, you know. So what's interesting about this is they set the table and what they put as the centerpiece <laughs> the the subhead also in bold but bold italics not in all caps but bold italics like before the dateline before Louisville Kentucky uh-huh. Friday September 10th they have <laughs> a big line in bold italics i'm going to read it and then you can tell us more about it weege points will not be awarded <laughs> to any horse trained by an individual suspended from the 2022 Derby. So if you, I don't think you can be more plain if you are, than that. Yeah, because basically, cough Baffert. Basically, <laughs> like cough trainers that are Baffert. <laughs> they really could have said trainers, which are also Baffert. There's like there's a giant. It's like a Venn diagram with a circle <laughs> that, of trainers who are suspended from the 2020. There's Derby. a guy with white hair, right? And then tight pants. And it's basically yeah, it's basically just a bullseye picture of Bob Baffert in the Venn diagram of so it, so it's funny. And they said that so not only is that the subhead, but then they also have it. It's the fourth little paragraph down. So they will not be awarded to any horse trained by any individual, guess who, who is suspended from racing or any trainer directly or indirectly employed, supervised, or advised by a suspended trainer, which makes me wonder how, um, like they, they moved some to Bill Mott stable before, and they might be saying, look, if we think that you haven't actually transferred the horses, but you're in fact, you transferred them on paper. Harboring them. Yeah, you transferred them on paper, but Baffert is still the one running their training. They're going to feel free to not allow those points. So it doesn't matter where you're racing in the country because these prep races take place all over no matter where you race 
if you're not qualified for the Derby, you don't get the points. So if you can't race in Kentucky, they, they're not even, they're not even going to start your little tally book. It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, uh, trainers that are Bob Baffert (laughs) will have issues. And, you know, the thing too, is that I'm sure that there are other people who are much less famous who also fall into that category. So there might be a few, a few other peeps that, you know, also fall into, but really it's just sort of, you know, flagrant (laughs) waving, he's the one, he's the one where it really, it really leaps forward. And, um, Medina Spirit has not been disqualified from last year's Derby win. We hesitate to say, lest we get attacked of spreading fake news. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but it would be it would be yes, it would be wrong uh, not to point out that Medina Spirit's victory is somewhat uh, tarnished or at least asterisked at this point. No, and you know what? And the thing is, Medina Spirit's. Great horse. Perfectly good horse. I mean, as far as we know, I mean... Capable of winning as far as we know. Exactly. Has has been running clean as far as we know, and allegedly. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Correct. And, and winning still. So, you know, good horse. Just saying. Yeah. So we talked about at the Belmont Stakes, they have a $1 million bonus in the third jewel of the Triple Crown, if a Japan-based horse wins that race. So they will take the top 18 points earners in the season, in these races that they've specified. They also make a carve-out and they show uh, or they assign some races for a European horse to win points and for a Japanese horse to win points. And they will only assign, because they allow 20 horses in the Derby, they're only going to save 18 spots for American horses or horses, you know, training and running in America. And then the other two spots are going to be for horses who earned their points in either the European races or the Japanese races. And they specify what races those are as well. And it looks like yes. they're just four <laughs> races. There are four races for Japan and there are mm-hmm. seven races for Europe. But if you look at the prep season, quote unquote, there are 21 races in the prep season and 16 races in the quote unquote championship series. So there are a total of 37 races where American horses can be earning points. Right. So we have like different, um, they have their own road to the Derby in Japan and their own road to the Derby in Europe. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it's good to have competition from everywhere. And, uh, you know, I mean, I still think the American horses rock out. They're big, they're heavy, they're rough. I like that. But, you know, hey, bring on the competition from everywhere and anywhere. Well, and the the prep season when you are running one of these prep races, you can, if you're in first place, you get 10 points. But the championship series, which starts in February, mid-February, so the, the prep races actually start. Um, this was interesting. We brought this up. They start September 18th is the first one, the Iroquois at Churchill Downs. Uh-huh. So 
I'm brilliant, by the you way. Are. Wow. I, I'm way I'm on top of things. There's yeah, totally. It's good that I'm like that in the moment because then that just goes away. But, hey. <laughs> but it's, it's such a genius. <laughs> but it's awesome. And there is, um, yeah, so September 18th, they're going to start having those races. And um, yeah, I wanted to mention one of the horses that we were excited about. Uh, if you listen to our last podcast, we had pictures of two of our like favorite up and comers on the thumbnail, which were flight line, um, flight line. Yeah. Not flight plan. Yeah. Flight line was flight a, line. a three-year-old. Yeah. Yep. But I'm like, all of a sudden I was like flight plan. No, I think it's flight line. Flight line. <laughs> flight yeah. Line, just yeah. went out of there. But anyway, and then the, the other horse was gunite who is a juvenile. So gunite, they had said the next race for gunite is going to be October 2nd, the Champagne at Belmont Park. And that is one of these prep races. But if you win the prep races, which um, are sort of some of these earlier starter races, and then they kind of overlap into February, first place is 10 points, second place is four points, third place is two points. You know, it's small point numbers. When you get into the championship series and you start hitting these um, races that have Derby in their name. There's like one, uh, <laughs> okay, this is just funny to me. I don't know why. February 19th in the prep season, the El Camino Real Derby <laughs> at Golden Gate. I don't know why it's funny, but it is funny. It's, it's funny because it was in a Steve Martin book. Yeah. I don't so know if you remember. It's the, uh, it, they're going to get 10 points for that. But you start to go into the Derby Championship Series and you start seeing these other races with Derby in the title. And Derby means it's three-year-old Colts, basically. And if you hear Oaks, it means it's three-year-old Phillies. So then you get into these later races like the Louisiana Derby, the Arkansas Derby, the Wood Memorial, the Santa Anita Derby. And those like first place wins are worth 100 points. Yeah, the UAE Uh Derby. A hundred points. So those, yeah. So you gotta you gotta bring it at that point. Like if you feel pretty sure, you know. And and also, you know, you get points for second, third, and fourth as well. So, but you know, you, you get do. forty you get for like, second place. In some cases, twenty, 20 and yeah, ten. You get twenty, or you get forty, or ten, or twenty. So you but look at these and you're like, you would be awesome. Yeah, would be awesome. You could be grinding out like a million you know, points in these prep races, but you're going to have to get into the Derby championship ones to really get the points. And, um, and I think they said in this thing too, which you are so brilliant to have yeah. found what <laughs> toward the bottom, they have the final leader. Yes. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Go through yeah. that. So, so, um, for 2021, the final leaderboard turned out to be, um, essential quality with 140, Hot Rod Charlie with 110. Super Stock. Stinko. <laughs> at 109. Super Stinko. <laughs> Super Stinko. Um, like the King. Never seen Like the King do anything, but 104. Known Agenda, 102. Another horse that didn't really, didn't really do that much. Rock Your World, 100. Um, Bourbonic, 100. Medina Spirit, 74. Midnight Berman, 66. So you look, Medina Spirit wins. Mandaloon, 52. And Medina Spirit didn't even have 100 points. Yeah. So didn't even have a win in one of these bigger derby ones. And you know what I mean? And like, not all that many horses had, 
even over 100 points. There were six horses running that had 100 points, I'm sorry, seven, that had 100 points or more. And plus the, the, the number one didn't even win. No. Which is also a, a, a savage twist. <laughs> but you also look like, what were they thinking? Like, okay, Brooklyn Strong is in there with 10 points. Yeah. How does, yeah. how does that you happen? Should, you should have to have more than 10. Well, I mean, the thing is like, and people submit their nominations because obviously there are going to be a lot of horses. If the bottom, you know, the outside horses or the bottom of the 20 are going to have like 10 points, there are going to be a lot of horses that qualify and get, you know, what's called nominated for that race. And then the racing secretary is going to have to pick them. They, you know, assemble that. So, yeah, I have to think as I'm looking at this, I have to think that, uh, let me look at these numbers. I mean, we've got, yeah, I think, I think COVID, I think COVID kind of bit into it. Although some of those, some of the, you know, some of those end, you know, end of the line that the number 20 ish, (laughs) you know, they're like sitting there at 2016. I think the lowest one was like 25. Well, in 2020, the last two horses of the had 18 zero. had zero. And they yeah, probably, that's why I was like looking like, wait a minute, they what is the lowest? probably didn't bring in the international horses because, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So yeah. They'll, they'll sort of tell you which ones are, um, you know, the Japan and European horses. But like 2020, tis the law, amazing horse, 372 points. Wow. I mean, just friggin' Yeah, and then what? Authentic takes the triple crown. Yeah. Right? I know. You can you cannot tell. You cannot tell. And then no, you can't tell, but it is interesting. Um that beast, <laughs> Forensic Fire, got 39, qualified with 39 in 2018. No, that thing's a monster. That's savaging. That's savaging. That's machine. savaging. Her. I know. I have real respect for that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm just looking like a gun runner was top in 2016 mm-hmm. and i i like some of the gunrunner children including gunite which i have mentioned amply but also one of the races now is the uh where is it okay december 26th <laughs> this was an interesting point the name of the race on december 26th it's a prep race is the gunrunner and it's taking place at fairgrounds in new orleans so the fact mm. that this has been announced, I mean, I don't know if it's it's in parentheses, so I don't know if that means it's a possibility or not necessarily going to happen, but it looks to me, given that they've published the schedule, that they think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, as of, I don't know, maybe a week, well, two weeks ago, probably, that track was pretty torn up. The the stands were torn up. The track had like a a light pole just crunched right over it, <laughs> right over the track, Oy. perpendicular. So it looked pretty bad, but obviously they are uh, getting it together because they have plans. So well, and they have they have these other races in uh, parentheses, like the El Camino Real Derby at Golden Gate. Golden Gate Park is fine. Maybe these are races that are possible based on enrollment that I guess could be canceled if they don't get the enrollment they're looking for maybe because there are other ones like January 1st, Smarty Jones, you know, the Smarty Jones is running like 
Yeah. W- without doubt. It says race dates, race dates and distances to be announced by host track date based on historical placement. Okay. All right. So, um, but they didn't cancel these races, at least not to our knowledge, um, after Christmas in, in fairgrounds. So hopefully that means that they will be able at least to have the races, even though, you know, the, the, uh, spectating situation might not be everything that we would right that we would want but uh right and if i can make it at all i will get there <laughs> i know if it's humanly possible i'm gonna try so because what would be better than being you know in new orleans or in the new orleans area i will tell you watching some racing being in the new orleans area after christmas as has been a, a tradition of mine for many years is it's fantastic it's so great yeah Um, it seems like it would be pretty great so anywho but yeah it's exciting though Uh, and I guess you know coming across this information you know it was a little bit of an accident for me but it was only because I was out stalking Twitter to get actually it was just my own curiosity like what kind of news is out there because it just seems like you know, days later, I'm finding press releases or other information or information reported through, you know, like Ray Pollock and other people. And I'm like, you know, this, they're obviously putting this out there way faster, like right as it happens, because everybody wants this information. And this is actually better than a regular press release. If you put it on Twitter, everybody knows. It's like the telephone game. Well, and I mean, and really now it's kind of like so many news places don't even they don't call anyone or they just basically redo press releases. So it's kind of like, okay, all right, fine. Adds more spice when you're watching the races and you know uh, what it's leading to and what's building up and what's going to happen too at the Breeders' Cup as we get toward the Breeders' Cup weekend is you're going to see a lot of outstanding juveniles racing at the Breeders' Cup weekend. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the upcoming tag. I know. I and they're really seen... going to be setting the table for what we're going to be looking uh-huh. at, warming up to the Derby. And that is so much freaking fun. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched because I haven't watched really many. I haven't watched any of the Futurities. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty psyched about, you know, seeing what's coming and, you know, and then just watching development over time. It'll be fun. It will be. It'll be awesome. So the thing we're going to do next weekend, uh, even though they're going to have this little uh, prep race, will be the first one. What we are going to be covering, because we like to keep it splashy, lavish, and lush, is we will be... (laughs) We will be. Yes, we are known for that. We are. Oh my gosh. We're lofty and fantastic and classy. Mm-hmm. And we will yes. be uh, covering the Jockey Club Derby and the Jockey Club Oaks at Belmont next weekend. So the Jockey Club Derby Race Breeders' Cup winning you're in. These are on turf. They're not, they're on a regular turf oval, not that it's, weird yeah, teardrop weird. of Kentucky. It's going to be odd trying to handicap around a regular track again. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a regular track, not some strange uphill, downhill, go-kart looking thing. So, yeah. It's, it's going to be weird. So, yeah. So, it's going to be an oval. Uh, and it is the third jewel in the turf trinity or turf triad, as they call it for the boys, and the turf tiara, the jockey club oaks. 
uh, that they call for the girls. So these are oh, three year olds. Stop with that. What? <laughs> They need to stop with that. I know. I just want them to come up with some good name, but I can never come up with... I I, I They haven't settled. It's not your fault. (laughs) Thank you. I I do feel better about that. I just... I call it the way they put it out. So here it is. I know. So the dang derby... The dang derby is... <laughs> That's what they need to call it. The dang derby. That would at least be funny. Right. The, the like, mow your own. I think it should be, like, the <laughs> mow your own derby. It's $1 million purse. $1 million. $1 million. It's going to be a mile and a half on the turf. And they have got the distance uh, just like the triple crown distance. So it goes, you know, that they, they follow the three turf jewels. How can you have a jewel made of grass? I don't know, but that's what it is. Anyway, so for the girls, the Jockey Club Oaks, 700K purse. It is going to be one and one eighth mile on the turf. And um, I'm sure Weege and I will both get involved in both of them, but probably one of us will take one and one of us will take the other and We'll, we'll be talking about that because it'll be exciting. These are going to be some seasoned horses. or um, They're three-year-olds, but now we're getting sort of near the end, you could say, of their three-year-old year when we mm-hmm. almost had a return to racing. So we're expecting to see some friendly, familiar faces, and um, that should make for some exciting competition. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be good. I'm seeing on Blood Horse some of the outrageous numbers out there for the uh, the the little the little babies, and it's it's very interesting. You know, when you spend 1.4 million dollars on a foal, I know. I hope I hope that works out for you. I know it's so crazy. <laughs> well, like I was just looking for some reason when we were looking at the the press release from uh, Churchill uh, Downs about the Derby and Oaks, I went to look up Malathat and she was a seven figure baby. Wow. And then okay. Maracuja, who sort of upset her, was still a two hundred thousand dollar baby. Okay. So she wasn't nothing but but Malathat was seven figures. So so there you All go. Right. And flight yeah. line too that we were talking about. You were you were yeah. saying that he was uh like set a record yeah, for and apparently somebody knew what they and then were doing. Was out for a while, and yeah, yeah, you know, looked looked that. maybe a little bit fragile, but yeah, coming back yeah. very strong. Um, yeah, but wow, yeah, that's a lot of money. But you know what? If they got it, <laughs> if they got it. So I, I want to remind people: if you've listened this far, well, first of all, God bless you. But if you've listened this far, if you would not, <laughs> and we're sorry, uh, yeah, we if want you to would apologize. not mind hitting the like button, that would be awesome. Yes, please. Or subscribe. Hit that like button. Yeah, subscribe to us. You can also go to our website at thirty three xpl dot com. You can join our newsletter list. We will not spam you, but we will have special things for subscribers. I've been working on something for a bit, and it's going to be goofy, but you'll still want to be in on it. And also, oh, and also. We have really dumb pins out there. Uh, we both make dumb pins. We and we have I've, dumb. Pins. I've made some truly stupid ones, and you're gonna like them they're if you ge- like horses. They're genius. They're they're <laughs> they're, so they're so stupid that they're brilliant in their in their way. So. Go, you can go check us out at Pinterest because we're there. We're also on Instagram, um, where we sort of like slosh off. Uh, stupidity that doesn't fit on Pinterest. It just sort of overspills yeah. the side and washes yeah. onto the Instagram. Um, 
let me think if there's anything else I want to say. Uh, oh, yeah, this is one more thing. We have had more um, listeners and viewers recently, which is fantastic. Thank you and welcome all of thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes. If and when you sign up for our subscriber list on our website, where you can also see uh, on our front page a great video we did with uh, free resources for racing. Uh, you can also, um, when you sign up uh, and add your email to our mailing list, you're going to get a confirmation email to make sure that we're not spamming you. So just be looking for it. It is a two-step process, but it's because we're actually trying to be, I don't know, thorough or I don't know, something, something, something ethical and yep. wonderful. So just try right. to try to put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will we 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 will be getting to the to the uh to the newsletter at some point and we have uh educational content, all the hard won knowledge we have. We're gonna be uh creating some things for you, but in the meantime we have hit the like button, um, you know, click out on Pinterest and save us or you know, go to leave us a, or whatever. Yeah, leave but a comment. Tell come us, and hang. Tell us what you're betting. Like if you've gone to our summer tour schedule on our website and you're betting any of these races, we would love to know how you're doing. Like who do you like? That kind of stuff. Yeah, you can mock us. We don't care. Yeah, like, we're fine with mock that. Us. We're fine. We're, yeah. we're honestly sort of used to it. We welcome it. It's like a cozy little security blanket. It's so, true. It's true. Um, we don't care. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's all I've got until next time, Weege. How about you? That is all I have, Trixie. So happy racing, y'all. Yes. Happy <laughs> racing, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>